Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to start in verse 1. And uh, I thought that was a beautiful testimony of what I'm about to preach about. God's plan for you, God's plan for me, God's plan for us is victory. That's what you've experienced, rescued over and over, intervened over and over. That's what God will do. I want to tell you that you will never lose if you walk with God. You will never, you might die. I didn't say you wouldn't die. But you never lose. I've never lost a battle, ever. Come on, somebody say amen. It is an unbiblical thing to lose. Now, you'd have to define that, but here we go. Hebrews chapter 12, brand new series called The Victorious Church. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 7 from the New International Version. Here we go. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Would you read that with me? Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition of sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, You've not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. But have you completely forgotten his word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son? It says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as a son. Verse 7, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children, for what children are not disciplined by their father? Now go down to verse 14. Make every effort to live in peace with everyone and to be holy. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. One more verse, verse 16. See that no one is sexually immoral or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the testimony of Dr. Ernest Ibanga, and thank you for the testimony of hundreds and hundreds of others that can say the same thing. You, God, bring us to victory and lead us in triumph over and over and over again. And that there is no hopeless situations or circumstances. God, because you are a God of all hope. And I pray this morning as I preach this message in the hearing of your people. That you would imbibe us with power and strength from on high. That the words would not just be merely words. They would be words that are injected with the power of the Holy Spirit. And that you would stand over this text and these words to see them performed. I thank you for what you've done, 
what you're doing and what you will yet do. Come on, just lay hands on your heart and ask God to speak to you. Lord, speak to us. Speak to me again, oh God. We thank you and we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Again, we do have notes. I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We flew home during the Thanksgiving day and uh, got to uh, Los Angeles late on Thanksgiving night and the restaurant was having a Thanksgiving meal, which I rejected. So I'm not having Thanksgiving meal in some restaurant, ate a hamburger, and I'll be celebrating Thanksgiving tomorrow. But uh, what a powerful holiday to give thanks to God for this great country. Come on, how many of you are thankful for the United States of America? Amen. Come on, can you, can you say amen? Can you say God bless America? Listen, if you don't think America's great, it's only because you're a fool and you've never traveled anywhere. And uh, the, the moment you do travel, you'll realize that, oh, yes, we have problems, we have difficulties, we have issues. This is an amazing country, and I am a patriot through and through. And we cried going through the TSA after we got back from being overseas. The TSA person was moved, and we said, we just love the United States. And she was like, that's right. God bless America. Amen. Uh, God's plan for you is, as I've said throughout the beginning parts of this service, is that you would have victory in every area of your life. What does that mean, Pastor? What do you mean victory? I mean you win. You're a winner. Come on, say I'm a winner. Yeah, you're a winner. Victory. God's intention for you is to have a life of victory over sin, victory in your finances, victory in your emotions. God's plan for you is to be blessed. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed going. Can I preach in here? Are you guys okay? You guys all right? God's plan for you is to live the blessed life. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to live the blessed life. And you'll look in your notes and fill those in as we move along. There's a dynamic in the kingdom. And the dynamic in the kingdom is growth, increase, multiplication. Jesus talked about the seed, the, the mustard seed. How many of you heard of mustard seed, faith? The kingdom of God is like mustard seed. The dynamic of the kingdom of God is growth, increase, and expansion. So every time you see the kingdom of God manifested, you will see growth, increase, and expansion. You see deliverance. You see freedom. You see, you see miracles take place. I mean, when it was tax time, Jesus said to Peter, go a-fishing. He went fishing and pulled a fish out and had two coins in his mouth by one record to pay taxes for Jesus and for Peter. He had to be at the right place. I mean, it's hard sometimes to catch a fish. Other times it's easy. Sometimes it's easy to catch a fish. Sometimes it's hard. But how about catch a fish that has two gold coins? Relatively challenging, unless, of course, you're God. He had to be at the right place at the right time with the fish to bite the hook to have two coins in his mouth and pull it. Come on, God can make a way where there seems to be no way. The, the dynamic of the kingdom is growth, increase, and expansion. So literally, if you're not seeing that in your life, you're not seeing growth, increase, and expansion. I've expanded in some ways I wish I didn't, but I inflicted myself with buffeting my body daily. I had incredible food, and I'm looking forward to getting back to... Anyway, you understand. You're supposed to grow in maturity. You shouldn't stay an infant. If your child didn't grow, you would go and you'd have your child looked at. Is there anything wrong? Do it, what's going on if your child wasn't growing? It, and so that was maybe some kind of a problem, or thyroid problem. There's all, I mean, our bodies are unique and amazing. 
If someone didn't grow physically, there would be a, a concern. If someone doesn't grow spiritually, there should also be a concern. You should be more like Jesus today than you were when you first gave your heart to Christ. And if you haven't given your heart to Christ, well, welcome to Kings. I hope that you do. We're going to give you an opportunity for you to get right with God. There's expansion and growth. And I would say that where there's a church that doesn't grow, if there's a church that doesn't grow, there's something wrong. Well, I was part of a small church. It didn't really grow that much, Pastor. There's nothing wrong with being a part of a small church. But you should grow in maturity. And, and when you grow in maturity, you're going to reach the lost. So over the course of time, a small church should continue to grow and reach the lost. Okay, so maybe, maybe they, their desire is to stay smaller. There's nothing wrong with that. You've got to go with the vision that God's given you. But at the same time, there should be maturity in Christ, becoming more Christ-like, not backbiting, getting offended, getting bitter, getting angry. Well, God's plan for us is to walk in victory. But there's, there's problems. Prob problems are opportunities Problems are springboards for you to, to move forward. There's obstacles, there's hindrances. So let me just give you a couple hindrances here, and then we're going to look at this text. The first, thing, the first hindrance that comes to us walking in victory is Diablo, the devil, the ugly one. The devil. The devil hinders. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 18, Paul says this. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, the epistles, Paul, the Apostle Paul, wrote the fairly anointed guy. He says this, I wanted to come to you, but the devil hindered me. Now, I, if the devil could hinder the Apostle Paul, would it be fair to say that he could probably slow you down maybe? But he wants to. He certainly wants to slow us down, wants to hinder us. Jesus talking to Simon says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for your faith that you might not fail. So there's the, there's the old club foot, old slew foot, trying to, trying to mess Peter up. And don't you know that God's plan for you is victory? Come on, say it. Say, God's plan for me is victory. Come on, do a little V. Try it out. God's plan for me is victory. I think that's sign language. I got that right? Where's my sign language, people? Victory. Victory in Jesus, my Savior. For he sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me and I knew it and all my love is. He plunged me beneath the cleansing. That is God's plan for you to win, not lose. And some of you have a defeatist attitude. Some of you don't realize, you mean I can win? You not only can win, that's God's plan. God's plan for you is to win. God's plan for you is to walk in victory. Even when you're dropped off on the wrong place by a military helicopter. He's got a way out. Come on, somebody says God's got a way. He brings streams in the desert. He makes a wilderness a pool. We were in the, in the wilderness in the, in, the, in the desert. And we went to a place called En Gedi. And I drank from this stream, this spring that... I just imagined it's the same spring that David drank from. And as I drank from that spring, the power of God came on me and the Lord just spoke to me and said, son, I will always refresh you. I will always be with you. I will always bring you through. 
he will always give you victory. Oh, it might look like it's all done, but it ain't all done until it's done. Victory. But the devil does try to hinder. Prayer is one of the ways that you overcome the hindrances of the demonic. We bind, we loose. You must learn to pray. 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 You've you got to learn to pray. In Romans chapter 15, in verse 30, the apostle Paul says this. He says this. He says, join me in my struggle. What? Struggle. It's an indication of a battle. Ephesians talks about that. We war not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities and rulers in dark places. When we pray, come on, we can pray. We can bind, take authority over. We can bind demon power. We can see victims loosed. We can see the kingdom of God manifested. You're in a war and the enemy wants your business to fail. He wants your marriage to fail. He wants your children to fail. He wants the church to fail. He wants you to utterly fail and curse God. That's what he wants you to do. But if you'll get a hold of the fact that God's intention, God's plan is for you to be victorious, and you understand that it's not God putting something on you like disease or infirmity to teach you humility, that's not even a biblical concept. So God's plan for you is victory. Say it again. God's plan for me. What about what I'm going through now? This don't feel like no victory to me. Oh, okay. Then, well, maybe you're being hindered. Maybe, you're, maybe the enemy's beating on you. Maybe you have an obstacle of the demonic. How do you overcome that? You pray. Sources of hindrances. Certain sources of obstacles. The second source is people. <laughs> Pump your neighbor and say, People. People and the way that they think can block us. Jesus said in Luke 11, Woe to you lawyers! Somebody's like, you know that's right. <laughs> Woe to you lawyers! For you've taken away the key of knowledge. You did not enter in yourselves. And those who were entering, you hindered. So there's religious people in Jesus' day that tried to keep people from walking in freedom. And I'm going to tell you, those, that same spirit is alive and well right now. There is a religious spirit that tries to keep people from walking in freedom. There is a pharisaical, Sadducee, couldn't see, wouldn't see spirit that tries to keep people from walking in freedom. I can smell it. I know when I'm around it. And so God's plan for me, God's plan for the church is to be victorious, but the devil fights against the church, the devil fights against you, the devil fights against your business, but you, take, you, you can take authority over him in prayer. And then there's people. We have a saying here, and it goes like this. You fellowship with all, you partner with some, but you build on sons. You build on sons. What does that mean, sons and daughters? I'm a son of Dr. James Morocco. He's my spiritual father. If it wasn't for him, I would not only not be standing here, I wouldn't be alive. And that's very clear to me. So the day I would backstab him or hurt him is a cold day. Like never. Wouldn't do that. I understand. and I honor him. And he's just a man, but at the same time, I honor him. And he's allowed for me the privilege of fulfilling the dream and the plan that God has for my life so I can walk in victory. But there are pastors, there are leaders, there are governmental rulers, there are people that want to hold you in bondage. I mean, I don't know why some people listen to their pack-a-day smoking ant. <coughs> I just go to that church. Shouldn't go to that church for God's sake. 
and you're tithing. You need to pay that debt off. Then quit. <coughs> and, 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 and you give them credence. You, you, you empower their word in your life. And their life is jacked. I mean, God bless your aunt. May God set her free. I'm trying to help you. Some of you are connected to, you're connected to the devil. Some of you are, some of you are like, that's my husband. My husband's the devil. Your husband's not the devil. He might act like it, but he can get changed. God changed you and he still is. Come on, somebody say amen. So he's talking about my wife. Oh, stop. But there are people, there are religious people, the way that they think can hinder us. False ideas about the Lord. We call them strongholds. Now, I'm talking about people, not talking about you. I'm going to pick on you in a minute. I'm talking about people that affect you. You can be connected to somebody. I've talked about it before. Jonah, I'm reading through the, just about through the book of Jonah as part of my daily reading. Actually, I think I just finished it. And Jonah, he was running from the Lord. He tried to take an all-expense-paid trip to, you know, Palm Springs or wherever instead of obeying God. And a storm whipped up. Listen, you can bind the devil storm all you want to, but if it's a storm from God, the storm's not going away. Sometimes storms come from God. You missed a great place to say amen. It's discerning which one, where it comes from. Does it come from God? Is it from the enemy? Sometimes there's storms that try to blow you back on track. Thank God for that. So Jonah's running from God, but you know, you can't run from God. And so these pagans, they were nice pagans. They didn't want to throw them off over immediately, but they did eventually. And when they did, they were rescued. Some of you have Jonah. Listen to me. You have Jonah under the deck of your boat. I'm not calling you a pagan. I'm just saying you're partnered with people that are bringing you into a storm. I am preaching like, are you guys all right? We had some pretty strong guests, didn't we? You guys, did I lose you? Are you okay? Come on, bump your neighbor and say, wake up. Come on, God's plan for you is victory, but the devil will try to bring obstacles and hinder you. There's people that will try to bring obstacles. You can be connected to a Jonah. You could have false doctrine, people that have false doctrine. You could have all kinds of difficulties with all of that in your marriage. Maybe you're, maybe you're married to somebody that their view of marriage is, is not a biblical one. And of course... You know, I'm starting to cross over there, but we can block ourselves. I remember uh, I played football in high school, and um, I was a linebacker and a tackle. It was my senior year, and it was going to be my, my best year ever. And we had a, a new coach, and an offensive, offensive line coach. I played both sides. I played defensive linebacker, and I played an offensive left tackle. And the, the coach was from Penn State. Penn State's got quite a football program. I'll never forget him as Coach Oreo. He's about six foot four, I don't know, solid 350, 360, big, big boy. And he was trying to make me the best football player that I could be. And he just felt like I didn't have that kind of explosive zeal for the game. So he was trying to get it out of me. And it was hell week. Anybody know what that is? That's the week before the season starts. Anybody know what that is? Okay, I'm just telling you. So it's two weeks of practices, two and three a days. You're getting in shape, and it's, that, it's the last week of that. And 
He's trying to make me a better player, and he just beats me into the ground, trying to get me angry to fight back. And I did, and then I quit. I quit, and I went out for the cross-country team. And the reason I did was when I quit, I said, man, I quit. I never played for you. I was just full of rebellion, not unlike some of you even this morning. I had a problem with authority. And he said, you know something, Bracken? You'll never be able to do anything else. You've played football your whole life. That's the only thing. I said, oh, yeah? Watch me. I went right out for the cross-country team, and somehow I could run. I think they called me a Clydesdale. I had this unusual ability to run. And I was able to get to a, a 5.15 mile, which isn't like Roger Bannister or anything, but it's good. And I, I ended up being the number one cross-country runner in my school until this one particular race. We're running that race, and that coach told me, here's what you got to do, Bracken. You have great kick in the end. I'm going to tell you when you hit it, and then you'll win the whole thing. So I'm running this race. I'm pushing so hard. And in my mind, I just, I just can't imagine. I can't do it. I just talked myself into the fact that I can't do it. Some of you are your own worst enemy. I can't do it. Well, you're right. And then again, if you said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, you would also be right. You're the prophet over your own life. Some of you don't understand that God's plan for you is victory, but you constantly talk about how you're never going to make it. There's not enough money. I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm too fat. I'm too thin. Oh, man. And the devil behind that, in, encouraging with all of those things. You make a long list. Oh, I, I, I come from a sordid past. So does everybody. So I passed the, the coach that was going to tell me, hit the jets, Bracken, go. So I pass him. He says, go! And so I sprint. I start running. And I, just, I'm, I feel like I'm going to die. So I literally tripped myself, threw myself on the ground, and, and came in last. Because I could not handle the pressure of doing it. And then, honestly, upon deeper reflection... My own self-worth was so low that I did not want to, I, I could not allow myself to win because I hated myself and I wasn't worth it. So in my mind, I had so much self-hatred. I'm talking before I was a Christian. Now, after I was a Christian, I had the same problems, but then I got healed. God's plan for you is to walk in victory. God's plan for you is to be an overcomer. God's plan for you is to, to be a winner. But you've got the enemy, the enemy's against you. He brings obstacles, problems, trials, difficulties. There's people you can be yoked with like a Jonah who can cause you to be in a storm, mess you up, jack you up. You need to throw Jonah out. Some of you, he's your 25-year-old son playing video games in the basement. <laughs> Victory in Jesus, my Savior. For... Boot him. Boot his vanilla booty on out of your house with love I'm not feeling the love I'm going to go over here and encourage myself amen pastor preach preach it and the third blockage could be you in 1 Peter 3 as a word to husbands it says you better treat your wife right because if you don't, your prayers will be hindered. Well, that's what it says. That's 1 Peter 3 and verse 7 and following. 
You're heirs together of the grace of life. Treat them right so that your prayers may not be hindered. He's, what he's saying is the most important thing we have is our relationship with God through prayer. And if you act in a way that causes obstacles and difficulty, you will have no victory in your marriage and you'll have no victory in life. I'm preaching better than you're amening this morning. All right, let's look at the text here. Hebrews, the writer of the book of Hebrews, and we, we say that, you've heard that before because you're not quite sure who wrote it. To give you the context of chapter 12, uh, you'd have to understand chapter 11. And chapter 11 is what we affectionately call the Hall of Faith. And it lists all of these men and women of God who received the dead back to life and on and on and on by faith, confident assurance of what we cannot see, how the, the ancients overcame. How did the ancients walk in victory? How did the, how did the, the, the founding fathers or, or the, the, the early, the church fathers walk in victory, I should say? How, how did they do that? How, how did these, these people of the hall of faith in Hebrews 11 have victory? How did Abraham have victory? How did Isaac walk in victory? How did Jacob walk in victory? How did they, how did they, I mean, they did it. And it's a beautiful thing because they're examples to us. They're what? They're examples. They're, it's this list of the heroes of faith. Verse 12, verse 1. Therefore, we also, since you're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. He's talking about the cloud of witnesses that it's in heaven. In heaven are people who did it. Paul says to the Corinthian church, no temptation has seized you except that which is common to man. In other words, you might be in a difficult situation right now, but it's common. And somebody's gone through it before, which means if they've gone through it and they've made it, these hall of faith, the cloud of witnesses, you can do it. Bump your neighbor and say, you can make it. You can throw off the hindrances. If they did it, including death, you can do it. Come on, say it again. Say, I'm going to do it. Because God's plan for me, say it, God's, God's plan for me is victory. What's God's plan for you? Victory. I mean, you need to push that down into your heart, press it down into your ears. God's plan for you is to win. I win. I don't like losing. If you like losing, you need deliverance. No, it's an unbiblical thing to lose. Well, I know some, no, no, you're just looking at temporal, temporal losses. No, you don't know what, they died. Yeah, but they got a crown of life. They were a martyr, the gift you give once. But you should see what they have now. This is not it. This is a temporary moment that we're walking through. An internship, if you will. All right, look at the text. There's, there's three main words here, that which we read. Run the race, race, run, race, persevere. Everybody say, run, race, persevere. Put it up on the screen for me, please. Say it again. Run, race, persevere. Therefore, the hindrances are, what's the opposite of running? Just leave it up, please. What's the opposite of running? Well, I mean, sleeping. I'm just going to call it inaction. That's what I decided to call it. It's, it's, it's not, do, not doing what you need to do. It's inaction. Our movement, but running, running to run, run the race. And it's, it's not talking about specifically running a race. It's talking about running the race. What race? Life with God in the earth, an internship. He's talking about running that race. And the apostle Paul said, I've run, I've fought the fight. I've run the race. 
So there's a race. We're all in. And, and, and it goes on to say, uh, run, race. The race that's been given is a picture of the, of the purposes of God. Individual purposes. Race that's been given. The Apostle Paul knew that as preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. Knew that as being a chosen vessel, as was declared to him on the road to Damascus. He knew what his call was. He knew what his purpose was. He knew what his race was. He said, and I've not, I've not lost a faith. Faith, I've finished my race at, the, at his near departure. So inaction would be the opposite of run. Doing our own thing. See, some of you, some of you aren't, don't walk in victory because you do whatever you flip and want to. I said flipping. That's not a bad word. I did it my, you're an idiot. That's why you did it your way and, 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 and it's not good. It's my way, the highway. Yeah, yeah. The highway of holiness, that would be the good way. In action, doing our own thing. Some people don't walk in victory. Some people don't have the blessings because they just want to do their own thing. You guys are rough. Either, either that or I, I don't know. You taking it in? I'm like wondering what planet I'm on. Are you guys all right? I'm going to have to call Harky and see what he did to you all. What would you do to my people? Inaction, doing our own thing. How about quitting? My dad was a, a, is a Marine, I should say. Is Semper Fi. I would say that. He's a Marine. Once a Marine, always a Marine, I guess. <laughs> and a lawyer. Quite a combo. And, and he instilled in us. You could, you could ask, it was dad that did it. You don't quit. You do not quit. You don't ever quit. Never quit. You know, that saved my life. That saved my life in times when it was all over. There was something, I was just, I don't know how to quit. I don't have quit in me. It's a four-letter curse word. Not I don't quit. What are you going to quit to? And then that, that was passed on from my dad. It was more of a prideful Bracken thing. Brackens don't quit. But when I, when I got born again and I got saved, it moved way beyond that. I realized if God's with me, then I can't lose. So I'm, what, unless I quit, I can, I can defeat myself. Listen, you could backslide today. You backslide today, you're not going to fulfill the dream and the hope and the vision. And the, you're not going to walk in victory. You backslide today, you're going to hit lumps. So run the race that's been given, you know, with endurance, persevere. Everybody say persevere. Perseverance is an aspect of faith. I'm tired. Just suck it up. Buttercup. Wow. Fix our eyes on Jesus. He says to fix your eyes on him, the author and the perfecter. So if you didn't have your eyes fixed, then what would you be? Distracted. Are you guys reading the notes? So what's another enemy? What's another enemy of, another enemy of walking in victory? is being distracted. Some of you are distracted. God wants us to fix our eyes. That, that, I did a, a little bit of a word study regarding look unto him and fixing our eyes. I looked at the original Greek and it's very different than, you know, we just read over that, yeah, just fix your eyes. 
it's, it's looking with undistracted attention. It's a picture of being in lockstep with the Lord. And if you don't have that, you need to grow in that. I'm, I'm growing in that. Distraction is, you know, it used to be that the devil would, well, it still happens in different nations, not so much here. We have religious devils now, more than anything. It used to be that somebody would just stand up and start manifesting whatever. And uh, I've found in services where that happens, it's usually an attempt of the enemy to distract everybody, really, from what's really going on. And to, to really get a word from the Lord. If you can be distracted by your social media, distracted by all the nonsense through fake news and all of that, you can get distracted from your destiny, then you will lose out. And there's lots of opportunities for that. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author. You know, he's not obligated to finish your story. He is obligated to finish his story in you. We endure hardship, right, right in your notes. We endure hardship as a form of discipline. Not as a hindrance that something's wrong with us or God. Now, there could be something wrong with you uh, that which would require you to repent and renew your mind. So, why we kind of touched on that. I don't, I don't mean that, but there's certainly nothing wrong with God. How many of you know there's nothing wrong with God? I've made up my mind that I trust his leadership. And when difficulties happen, and we're walking in them now, difficulties happen, you know, this is a wonderful time to examine your life, to see, to see where you're at. Where, how, how, are, how are you doing? You have sin in your life? I mean, how are you doing? Are, are, are you praying? I mean, what, what's going on? How, do you have Jonah on board? It's Jonah! Jonah, Jonah are you under there? <laughs> do you have any Jonahs on board? You can lovingly throw them over. You know, you just, you don't need to be a mean cuss about it, but you distance yourself. And you don't be, some of you are so codependent. You know what I mean by codependent? You enable people in their dysfunction. <laughs> now, that, that, that. now that was a real mic drop right there. Did I felt that thing sting. Did anybody else feel that? Like, man, that was a bronze-tipped arrow right on point. Some of you are so codependent that you empower people to stay in their stupidity. Welcome to Kings. I'm glad you're here. You guys obviously aren't used to me. Something happened. <laughs> Victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming precious blood. He saw me and I knew it and all my love is to him. He plunged me into victory beneath the cleansing, neath the cleansing, neath the cleansing flood. All right. Where are we? Three, endure hardship. So when you go through things, quit pointing the finger. You bind you loose. Take a look at what's going on. Maybe you're yoked with somebody you need to step away from. Maybe you're thinking stupid. Maybe you're not thinking right. Renew your mind. Yeah, I, I, got, I was texted by a young man who sent me this book. 
by text. Does anybody know people that just send like four volumes? It's like, I didn't even get through the first one. And there's like two more deposits. I wonder how that happened. How do you do that? It's like smoke rising from their phone. And so in reading, in reading the, the, this man who's having a difficulty, not here, not from this church, I've ministered to him in another place. And so he reached out to me and there I am in Israel helping him. And he gave me a story. As I, as I read through the story, I thought to myself, I've read this story hundreds of times from other people. It's the same thing. Different circumstances, different names to different people, but the same thing and the same spirit. How impossible it is. Nobody understands him. And he's always rejected and everybody's wrong. And he's always, I mean, it's just, it's, listen, you're supposed to be a victor, not a victim. You are not a victim. You're an over, come on, somebody help me preach. You're more than a conqueror. You're an overcomer. Are you being funny? Yes, you need to shake off that loser attitude, get a victory attitude, and know that God be with you. Who can be against you? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me in condemnation, I shall condemn. I'm the head and not the tail. Felt like I was in Nigeria for a second. We got to get like a Nigerian dance team or something. Victory. Victory is God's plan for the church. It's God's plans for you individually, for your family, for your marriage, for everything that you do. Victory. Get everything else out of your mind. And then when you analyze what's going on, you prayerfully allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Yep, you have issues. This guy sends me this book, and I just thought... I'm going to have to lovingly light them up because I'm not sending books back because like I, my wife gets three or four words. That's me texting a lot. Voice text is great, but you got to be careful of that. <laughs> Don't ever forget that Siri is a false prophet. <laughs> and so I, in the midst of his books, I texted him and said, I've seen this in many lives, and the, the answer is always the same. The prognosis is the same, and the answer is always the same. He sends me another few books I send back. I noticed you didn't ask for the prognosis and the solution. He says, well, I thought you would have given it to me. I said, well, if you ask me, I'll give it to you. He says, okay. So I gave him a prophetic word about how he's filled with pride, how he's rejected and got a father wound, and on and on and on. And the solution is repent. Submit to your leaders and get healed. More volumes came and I'm done. So that really is always the answer. And when you go through things that are difficult, you take a look. Is it the devil? If it is, bind him. Take authority. Fast. Pray. If it's, if it's somebody that you're connected with, well, maybe you need to step back. If, if it's you, you need to renew your mind. And then after you look at those things, then just see it as an opportunity to become more like Christ. See it as an opportunity to become more like Jesus. I don't like that. I know. That's why we have so many pansified Christians. 
Not here, of course. I'm talking about people that can go through difficulty and not quit and throw in the towel on God. People that can sustain, pray. Listen, for all of you single couples, single couples? For all of you single people, listen to me. All of you single people, man or woman, don't you marry somebody that you've not seen walk through the fire. Because I'm telling you, it comes to every single person. And until you see somebody walk through the fire and come out loving God, serving the Lord, unoffended, and they don't smell like smoke, it's the Nebuchadnezzar School of Ministry for picking a wife or a husband. You watch them walk through some stuff, and if they don't smell like smoke, and the fourth man shows up in the furnace, then that might be something you could build your life on. If, if you plan and yoke with somebody that does not have that, that could be your new ministry, working that out the rest of your life. And, and, and there's plenty of folks that can talk about that. Look at four. Encourage yourself in the Lord. And encourage others. Verse 12. Therefore, strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet. So the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. You got to learn to encourage yourself. And you're going through stuff. Come on. God's intention is victory. We're the victorious church. Victorious church is made of victorious families. And when you go through things, you have to learn to encourage yourself. I mean, I had to, I had to, I lived this thing over the past week. I just had to shake some stuff off. Had to overcome. Had to get a hold of the word of the Lord. I, 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 got, the, I got the word of the Lord. You want to hear it? I have a promise from God. I have many. Some say there's 8,000 different promises from God. I felt like the Lord told me to memorize those. I'm not doing very well. But I apparently still have some more time to get through and, and to obey. Listen to this. Isaiah chapter 46, I'll probably end up preaching on it because it is such a powerful word for us in the hour that we're in. Isaiah 46 and verse 10 says this, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, quote, my purpose will stand and I'll do all that I please. From the east, I summon a bird of prey from a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. That is an encouraging word. Because God's word stands. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. If you'll get it in your heart, you get it in your spirit that God's plan, God's intention for you is to, vict is to have victory. And then you look at your life and if you don't see it, come on, some of you have like retail therapy. You're like, I just can't get ahead financially, Pastor. I I said, my first question to you is, are you tithing? That's my first question. Yes. Praise God. Good. And uh, tell me, do you have a budget? What? A budget. Uh, no, I, I heard about that. I, I, don't, I don't have that. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. But well, we need to get you on a budget. All right. And uh, are you living above your means? What do you mean by that? <laughs> are you living above your means? I mean, are you, are you spending more than you're bringing in? Well, yeah. Okay. We need to change that. Yeah, when you're, when you're depressed, you find yourself with, with Brother Visa just swiping away or tapping. Or... Come on, lift your hands to heaven. I'm almost done. 
That's not why you're lifting your hands, but I'm just telling you I'm almost done. Lift your hands to heaven. Come on, Jesus. You got to learn to encourage yourself and you got to take a look at, you say, the devil's on my finances. No, you're a poor steward. It's a devil. I just got, now you have a spirit of poverty. That's why you spend all the money you have that comes in. Listen, if you have an argument right now of some other story, just, just submit that to the Lord. If you're offended at me right now, it's because you're the one that has the issue, not me. I'm just trying to help you. I'll be right back. Amen, Pastor. That's right. God has not put disease on you to teach you humility. Cancer is not from God. Disease is not from God. Poverty, poverty is not from God. However, prosperity might be a little bit different than what you think it is. Prosperity is having what you need when you need it. That's prosperity. Prosperity in God is being who God says you can be. Real success is being who God says you can be. Doing what God says you can do. Living the way God says you can live. I've known people that are multimillionaires and they're broke. They're busted and miserable, lying in their bed, tormented at night, miserable, miserable people. They have a lot of money in the bank, but they're, they're, they've pierced themselves through with greed. As a matter of fact, there are some here that you've put an inordinate amount of affection and desire for wealth. And in doing that, this is a word of knowledge. And in doing that, you have pierced yourself through in your marriage with your children. You have made wealth to be one of the highest priorities in your life. And sir, I declare to you, it is a critical mistake that you need to back off of and correct things. Your number one priority is loving God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul and all your strength. Walking in communion with him. And he will prosper you and bless you. But you can go after money as many have done and pierce themselves through with many piercings, says the word of God. I'm not just, that, you can be super wealthy and broke and busted. Victory in Jesus, my, are you guys all right? All right, landing the plane. Here we go. Put your trays in the upright lock position. Children are crying. People are gasping for air. Look at, okay, be holy, number five. Be holy. This comes right from the text. Make every effort to live at peace with one another and be holy. For without holiness, no one will see the Lord. So the hindrance there would be defilement. You know, if you allow yourself to be defiled, you're, you're going you're to truncate your victory. Live at peace with everyone. And the first pastor, pastor Karen and I had, we had a family just rip us up one side, down the other. They were mean. And they just said, you're the worst pastor ever. And I cried when they left. And I remember talking with Dr. Morocco. He said, well, have you done all, have you done everything you could do? I thought, no. He says, well, the scripture says to live at peace with everyone as far as it depends on you. You go try to make peace. I was like, no, I don't want to. Those people are lame. They hurt. But I prayed, got rid of my attitude, obeyed my pastor, went and knocked on the door. What? I just wanted to say, 
please forgive me for not being a better pastor. And I'm not going to be a better man. I can still be a better pastor. You can be a better husband and better wife. You can be a better son. You can be a better daughter. Come on. I just ate dirt. And they're like, you know, we were really praying that you would repent. I said, well, I am. I'm repenting. They said, you know, I've never had a pastor come and repent to me at my door. I said, okay. He says, you know, we're going to come back to your church. Maybe you're not all that bad. Come on back. <laughs> Live it. He said, well, I don't have peace with them. Well, maybe you're the jerk. You ever thought about that? <laughs> oh! Intercessors, pray or something. Jesus, help me right now. All right, look at B. Don't let sin in your life. Verse 15, see to it. Oh my goodness, I should, spend the whole, I should have spent the whole time just talking about this. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God. To fall short, what does that mean? It means don't finish, don't cross the finish line. Or you've come short. In other words, you, you didn't get there. You don't have it. How do you fall short? The neo-Calvinism movement, there's a sloppy, agape, hyper-Calvinism. Do you know what that is? It's not so much in Alaska. And you'll never hear it preached here. You're not saved because you're born. You just were born. Well, I'm born, so I'm God's child. No, you're not, Bubba. No, no. Everyone was born, and you're all made in God's image. We're made in God's image. Isn't that right, doctor? It is. But not everybody, thank you, not everybody is God's child. There's only one way to be made God's child. Only one. And that is by believing on him that he died on a cross and rose again from the grave. If you confess with your heart that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. He gave us, the, he, to them that believed, he gave them the right. The word right is a, is a legal term. He gave them the right to become children of God. And just because you came to church today, I'm glad you did. Don't break your arm trying to pat yourself on the back. It's an obligation, a commitment to the Lord to come to church. It's, it's a good thing. that you hear a meaty message like this? And this does have some, it's got some guts in it. Your message like this, to analyze your life. If you died today, if you died today, if this was your last day, your very last day, where are you going when you die? Don't play religious games. And if you want to play them, I'll make sure you hate it here. Because I, I will tell you why I'm here. I'm not here for some job. God called me here. I'm here on assignment. I'm on a divine assignment to reach the whole state, on a divine assignment to reach the nations, on a divine assignment to raise up an army, on a divine assignment to raise up leaders. Then walk in victory, not, not spineless Christians. I'm talking about fire-filled Holy Ghost, living holy, walking in purity, people that pray and see victory, see the dead raised, the, the lame walk, the, the mute speak, to see manifested power in your life, in your marriage, with your children. Come on, somebody say amen. There you go. Wasilla's back online. You must be born again. And if you're not born again, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that. You must repent of your sin. You say, well, I'm in church. That doesn't matter. The devil goes to church. Well, Jesus cast out the devil in the synagogue, so imagine the devil comes to church here. He doesn't like it much. 
You must be born again. You're not going to make it into the kingdom of God just because you were born. You don't make it into the kingdom of God because you came to church any more than you become a car by standing in your garage. Man, it's good to be home. Praise God. All right, check your attitude, verse 15. Watch out for that bitter root. Oh, my, could preach a whole series on that. Rein in your lust and your selfishness, verse 16. Get, it, get rid of it, get it out of your life. And in conclusion, God speaking to us. Worship team, would you come as I've gone a little bit long? But some of you really needed to hear this. God's plan for you is to walk in victory. God's plan for the church is to be a victorious church, not some lame, half-hearted, compromising church. No, no, that's, that, that's a, runs contrary to the very definition, definition of church. Jesus standing at Caesarea Philippi, where we just were about two weeks ago, standing there before the worship of what is called Pan. Pan is this perverted goat, half goat, half man. They would throw babies into this body of water as a sacrifice, and they, were, they called that place the gates of hell. He stood there and said, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered rightly and said, you're the, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ. And he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. It does not matter who's in office. Well, it matters on certain levels, but it doesn't drive the church. We're not driven by who's in Washington. It affects us. We need to vote. We need to get involved. But the church will not go down no matter what. It's eternal and victorious, triumphant. The church is eternal and triumphant. And there's nothing that can stop the church. There's nothing that can stop the church. Nothing. Not the real church. Not a church that's imbibed with power and fire. Not a church that's full of the Spirit of God. Nope. Nope. We're triumphant. We're victorious. And if you're in it, you'll be victorious too. And as you live victorious, it makes the church victorious. Does that make sense? God's speaking to us as a church. He wants us to run the race set before us. Now, let me just say this to you. The race set before us is not building a building. Unless, of course, you see the building as the kingdom of God. Then that would be accurate. God's called us to expand the kingdom. He's called us to reach the lost and win souls. He's called us to do that. The new building has just been a tool that we've needed for a long time. And I am not surprised, but I want to tell you soberly that we have run into another obstacle. That is, I'm not surprised, but it's surprising on, a, on another level. The devil's so nervous that we get right into that thing and hit thousands of people, because that's what will happen. There's people that are online, people that watch later, people that want to come, but it's just like to fit through that funnel right there. The one door that comes into the sanctuary, by there are exits out the side, watch the ice. You can use them. To fit through, I mean, you just have to, you have to not mind being with one bathroom. And all the ladies said, Jesus, help us. And we have 40 bathrooms over at the other place. 40. 
and we have run into another obstacle that is potentially moving our, our opening date. And when I heard that, I wasn't surprised, but at the same time, I, I felt a little weary. I felt a little weary. I'm like, man, you'd think the devil just turn and run. And then part of me wanted to point the finger and say, oh, but the Lord shut me up. And I saw it, I began to see it as discipline. <laughs> I began to see it as like, ooh, we throw another two more 45s on there. We're going to want to press this thing. I don't, I, we don't know how to quit. You say, are you telling me that we're delayed in moving in? Very possibly, yes. What are you going to do about it? Going to pray? Gonna, we're going to do the same thing we ever the same thing we ever did. This whole thing was not our idea. You couldn't make up the stuff that's happening right now. It is so clearly and obviously an assignment to hinder us from moving in. And I bind it now in the name of Jesus. And I decree and declare that we'll not only move in, we're moving in to reach the lost. And if we're delayed, we'll reach more souls than we ever have before. We will not quit. We will not back off. We will not come and have smooth knees and apathetic heart we will bring the kingdom of god more than we ever have before lord i'll start other services i'll, I'll have more we'll have more services we'll go to a saturday night oh maybe we'll just pick up sears while we're at it we will not stop we will not stop we don't know how we just don't know how to do it and i pray that that obstacle be removed right now and as I did in the first service, I will do again. Lord, if we've done anything that, that might not have been the best, we repent. Lord, we're doing the best we know how. Working hard, praying and obeying. I pray God now. Change or remove what needs to be changed or removed, including within us, so that we could see the harvest come in. Every obstacle be removed mountain be uprooted and thrown into the sea because we are the victorious church come on say it with me we are the victorious church put your best hand clap together like it come on come on come on come on come on come on Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.